0: Hey, thanks so much for joining us for another episode of the Tree of Life Church podcast. It's our prayer that these messages help connect you to the life, love and power of Jesus Amen okay, second Samuel three, so we're, we've been talking about the anointing. it's uh We jumped on this a week before the anniversary, then we had anniversary, then we had a few more weeks of this, then we had Joe McGee, and then we have this, and the next week we have PG Vargas, and then we have one more on the anointing. I know it's kind of been put in the middle of all these things, but um, I want to encourage you guys to go back and lock in on these last messages, and as we move forward, uh, to just uh, allow God to move and work in your life. I I want to say this, uh, nothing happens without the anointing. The anointing is the difference maker. Whether you choose to believe it or not, it's true. It's so clear in the scripture. So we all need to understand it and operate in the anointing. And when we talk about the anointing, we're talking about the person, presence, and power, of the Holy Spirit in our lives. That's that's the expression, the Holy Spirit expression in our life. When we uh, give our life or surrender our life to Jesus, old things are passed away. All things become new, a new nature, amen? That the spirit of God comes to live inside of us. In fact, the scripture says, uh, our hearts are sealed with the spirit of God. And that's the anointing, the presence, favor, power of God, to do what only God can do in and through our lives. And so we are really talking about the Holy Spirit in you and I. Not next week, but the 25th, I'm gonna teach on the Holy Spirit because we've been talking about the anointing. We need to know the source. Come on, somebody. We need to have a relationship with the source, not just have a, an anointing in our life. We're anointed because we're born again, but okay, now what are you gonna do with that, right? Because it's to fulfill the plan and purpose of God for your life. And so I wanna invite you out for sure on the 25th as we kind of, that'll kind of be the wrap up of this. But we started at this scripture. Let me read it for you. Second Samuel 3.39, and I am weak today, David is just being raw. He's being honest. He's had a hard day. He's had a hard couple of weeks. He has uh, <clears throat> been anointed to be king. And so he's been king now over half the kingdom. He knows the fulfillment is the whole kingdom. He was real close without going into all that. And all of a sudden the door shut for his opportunity to step into being king over both kingdoms for a short period of time. And David had been anointed at about the age of 17. There's a lot of differing opinions on that, but about 17. And so here we are 20 years later, when he's trying to step into that kingship. He's half the kingdom, he's king over, and he's waiting. And so all of a sudden, this moment is here, and then it's gone, and he is in this place of weakness, just disappointment, discouragement. I don't know if you've ever found yourself there, but I love what he says. He goes, I am weak today, though anointed king. And I going to encourage you, I don't know what you're feeling like today, but if Jesus is your savior and Lord, you may be weak today, but you are anointed. You may be sick today and I'm feeling it right now, no matter how I'm feeling, I am still anointed. <laughs> I don't believe it for my healing in Jesus' name. You may be broke today, but you are still anointed, amen? You may, whatever you're experiencing, God has anointed you. Now, there's an anointing on our life that we can engage and walk out as we are on our journey. As I said, David, it was 20 years before he actually started to fulfill that but do you know from the moment he was anointed which would be for you and I the moment we receive Christ that's when we're become anointed that the anointing was operating in his life and helped him on his journey to fulfill what God had called for him. The anointing will always be present. We need to learn how to engage and operate in him. He goes on to say this in 1 John 2.20. In fact, just so you know where the anointing comes from, but you have an anointing from the Holy One, comes from God. Your anointing cannot be created, manufactured. You can't buy it. You can't purchase it. You can't beg it to happen. You can't plead, pray. You have got to say yes to Jesus. And we're reminded, I'm reminded in a story in the New Testament, don't have time to share it, but as the disciples are, out operating in the anointing, and people are getting healed, and people are getting delivered from things. Simon the sorcerer, I believe, is the one who saw and said, hey, I want some of that. Can I buy some of that from you? And said, it's not for sale. It's a free gift to Jesus Christ. Amen. And so uh, it's only from God, and that's a surrendering your life to Jesus. But you have an anointing from the Holy One. And I want to say this, <clears throat> parents, you should, you should write this scripture down in the Amplified, because you need to insert some names in here. Can I just say that? You need to put your kid's name in here. You need to put your spouse's name in here. You need to put your name in here. Because here's what it says. But Don, you have an anointing from the Holy One. Don, you have been set apart. Don is specially gifted and Don is prepared by the Holy Spirit. And I know the truth. The truth he teaches me illuminates my mind and guards me from error. You need to write that as a confession, amen? You need to write that and speak that out. Speak that out over your life. Speak that out over your kids. Speak it out over your spouse. Speak it out when you uh, wake up in the morning, when you go to bed at night. And it's power speaking the word, amen? Amen. Confessing the word out. Uh, Let's jump into our story then. 1 Samuel 16, I've been camped out here for months. I've been sharing a few uh, messages with you, but I've been here and digging in this for a while. I got one more thing I wanna share. I actually shared part of it when we had the men's breakfast. And so the 135, 136 men that, That were there, if you're here today, then man, you get a double dose right there. You get a double dip. And then for everybody else, I really felt impressed of the Lord to share this with you based on what I felt like God wanted to encourage us in this morning. And so this is when David was anointed king. And so we just looked at a passage that was roughly 20 years after this moment. And I can imagine David in that time when, you know, we all get in those moments where like we just don't know what to do. It's like overwhelming and it's just we're depressed or we're disappointed. And he, uh, I believe, reminded himself of that moment when he was anointed. I don't know about you, but I think that's a powerful principle right there. The moment you feel the enemy is overwhelming you, you just remind the enemy of the moment you gave your life to Christ and you are no longer his, but you're God's, amen? You remind yourself of the moments that God had intervened in your life and had done something amazing for you And so we don't live in that place. And so David reminded him of himself of this moment. We'll we'll get there in a minute. But Samuel, the prophet, is headed to anoint the next king of Israel. So let's pick up the story. Now the Lord said to Samuel, how long will you mourn? This is God speaking to Samuel, interesting conversation. How long will you mourn, Samuel, for Saul? Seeing I have rejected him from reigning over Israel. How long will you mourn over Saul? How long will you mourn for Saul, seeing I have rejected him? seeing I've rejected him. How long, come on, how long will you mourn over what I've rejected? How long will you live in the place I no longer want you to live? How long will you hold on to the things I never intended for you to have in the first place? How long will you let the ties of the past, past relationships, past mistakes or sins, keep you from what I have that's new for you? How long will you hold on to the past? Now let's, the application here in, is we're going from Saul and Saul is uh, at this point, Saul is still appointed, uh, anointed and appointed king of Israel. And so now God is saying, I have a new king. Saul was appointed Israel's king because that is what the people wanted. Be careful what you wish for, right? Where's that song? How many of you guys thank God for unanswered prayers? Yeah, thank you for that. I missed that one. You went to your class reunion 20 years later. Thank you, God, that I didn't, right? (laughs) We're just kidding. (laughs) You know. Anyway, so, you know, it's like, how how long? So Saul is is really a type and shadow in this moment, a picture of the world. Because God is saying, I rejected Saul. Now, let me say something very clear. God did not reject Saul as a person. God loves everybody. God rejected that Saul was now about his plan and not God's plan. He was about walking in his own authority, not God's authority. You know, God, God never intended for Israel to have a king, but the people of Israel are like, why can't we have a king like our neighbors? <laughs> why can't I drive a car like that? Why can't I live in a house like that? Anyway, so he's like, we wanna be like everybody else. And God's like, I don't want you to be like everybody else, but if that's what you want. And so God uh, had Samuel anoint Saul king. Now, there was a time that Saul was walking in the anointing because his life was in line with the plan and purpose of God. Now, you realize the anointing is there to fulfill the plan and purpose of God for your life. <laughs> Let me say it this way. I heard it this way. God's not gonna pay for something he never wanted you to buy. <laughs> He's not responsible for that. It's like, man, that's you. I, didn't, I never wanted that. I'm not, I'm not responsible for that. I'm not paying for that. Have you ever done that? Your kids done something? I'm not paying for that, right? God's not gonna do that. So you can live your life and have you wanna live your life and ask God to anoint it. But if it doesn't line up with his plan and purpose, it's in your own strength and ability. So Paul had got away from the—I mean, Paul, Saul had got away from the things of God and was doing his own plan. And God's like, "I'm rejecting your plan. It's time to have somebody that has a, a heart after mine. I'll put my anointing on." Now, now the challenge with—and so when we look at Saul in this case, we're talking about the world and the past and our way and the old way, maybe the flesh, however you want to associate that with—and—and and Samuel's in this place. God's saying, "How long?" are you gonna cry over what I've rejected? Which sounds honestly, it's like, wow, okay, God. But it's like, yeah, that doesn't even make sense to me. If God's rejecting something and nobody loves me more than God, and God has the best plan for my life than anything else, why am I hanging on to something God never wants me to live in? And so really what we see here is God's goodness. And he's trying to get Samuel to get an alignment with him. Samuel, it's time for us to move on. We need to move on and get in alignment with the plan. We need to be on God's team, amen. We need to be in alignment with God's plan. And so the challenge for Samuel is this though, he is, he's at this place that he anointed Saul. He's close to Saul. He's, he's been Saul's voice of God and he's been working with them and, and he's drawn close to him. And all of a sudden now God's saying, okay, time to make a shift. And he's like, but I love Saul. <laughs> I mean, we're friends. We have dinner together. We have all these ties. We have these emotional ties. We have these relationships. I'm familiar. I'm comfortable around Saul because I know how he is. And this is comfort for me. I don't know what else is out there. And have you ever been there? And God's looking at us and saying, how long are you gonna cry over what I've rejected? I got something better for you. I got something new for you. I got a new season. I got a new anointing. I got a new beginning for you and for your family. So quit crying. I don't mean that ugly. (laughs) But quit crying. Because when it's God, it's always better. I mean, we should be crying for, you got something better, thank you. You know, like that. We should be be crying that he loves us that much, right? instead of hanging on to the past. What I love about Samuel's conversation with God here, it's very real and very raw because obviously God knows he has these emotional ties that are holding him back from what God wants him to do. And God's trying to get him to see that. Uh, can we go back to the, uh, the beginning? Let's go back to one again. Now the Lord said to Samuel, how long will you mourn for Saul seeing I've rejected him from reigning over Israel? Let me say it this way. I don't want that. God's like, I don't want that reigning over your life anymore. I don't want that having control over your life anymore. I don't want that determining your future. I don't want that mindset. I don't want that activity in your life because it's not what I have for you. And so I'm rejecting it. And Samuel, you need to reject it too. And let's move forward with the new. So he says, fill your horn with oil and go. Fill your horn with oil and go. I'm sending you to Jesse the Bethlehemite for I provided myself a king amongst his sons. Fill your horn with oil and go. I don't know how I'm gonna break away from this. I know you've rejected this, God, but I've been with this for a long time. I've been living in this place. I've been so familiar with this. I've just embraced this for so long. I don't know how I'm gonna walk away from that. You know what? You're not gonna be able to. That's why you need the anointing. So God has infinite wisdom and infinite love for you because he knows that we're tied to these things in the world that he's rejected. And now all of a sudden, I don't know if I can break away and you can't, but he can in you and through you through the anointing that he's placed in your life. You need the anointing. So he says, Samuel, I know you're having a hard time here. I see your tears, but listen, I'm gonna get, I've given you an anointing that's gonna empower you to do what you can't do. But I don't know what the future holds. That's okay, that's what the anointing's for. I don't know how I'm gonna make it. That's okay because I've anointed you. Fill your horn with oil. In other words, <laughs> embrace my anointing, embrace my power and embrace my favor. Stir that up in your life and you'll be able to cut ties with what I've rejected. But I don't know if I'll be able to find another job. But I know you don't want me here, but I, I don't know if I'll be able to find another job. You're anointed to find another job. I got you. That's what he's saying, right? Jehovah Jireh. But I don't know if I'll be able to find someone. Can I, can I say this to all the single people? There might be some relationship thingy there we might need to cut. God might be rejecting that relationship, not that person. That relationship, come on. And so you might be afraid, but I'll never find anybody else. Yes, you will, because my anointing is in your life. I don't wanna be alone. You're never alone. I'll never leave you or forsake you. And that anointing will attract another anointing. It's like, I don't know how I'm gonna do it. You're not, but the anointing in you can. You gotta embrace that and you gotta connect with that. Allow it to move and operate in your life. Okay, Samuel said, how can I go? If Saul hears, he will kill me. But the Lord said, take a heifer with you and say, I have come to sacrifice. Isn't that interesting? Because now now Saul's in this place. I mean, Samuel's in this place. He's like, okay, he's still, God, he's still king. And you want me to go anointing the other king? And it's almost like you can see, in my mind, because it's, yeah, it's my mind anyway. So you can, also, I don't want to tell you what it's like. And you know, he's like, I'm gonna be like, and then all of a sudden Saul's like, Samuel, Samuel, where are you going? Ah, oh nowhere. What's that behind? You got a horn of oil behind your back. What are you, who are you going to anoint with that? It's just oil. You know, or I, don't know, I don't know what you would say in that moment, right? It's like, I don't, I don't know what to say, God. I don't know what to do. I, what am I going to do? When he, I, what are you going to do when your future is calling to you, but you're stuck in your past? But well, what are you gonna do when you know God's got something out here, but you're, you know he's rejected this and you, and you don't think that you can break free? You're gonna get your horn full of oil and walk in the anointing he's provided. And he goes on and says, how, how can I go? He'll, he will kill me, but the Lord says, take a heifer and do this and, and uh, have him come to the sacrifice. He goes, I'll show you. How? how? the anointing. Who's gonna show me? The anointing? All you got to do is say yes and reject what I've rejected and allow the anointing then to operate in your life. The anointing is the one who leads you and guides you. The Holy Spirit is the one who leads us and guides us. So in you, that anointing in you, you got to reject what God's rejected and then you got to take that step of faith and the anointing will lead you to what God has for you. Goes on to say this uh, in verse three. Then invite Jesse to the sacrifice and I'll show you what you shall do. I'll show you what to do. Uh, well, I don't know where I'm going. I'm gonna show you how. The anointing's gonna lead you and guide you. I'm gonna show you who to anoint, how. The anointing is gonna reveal that to you. Can I tell you, there's some things we're waiting to know where we're supposed to go, what we're supposed to say, what we're gonna see, what we're gonna do. And the reason why we haven't experienced it is because we haven't stepped into the anointing on our life. We're trying to live that out in our natural ability. But that's what the anointing is. You know why? Because the anointing is the Holy Spirit. And that's who the Holy Spirit is. He's the one that leads you and guides you. He's your counselor. He's the one to tell you of things to come. He gives you privileged information when you need it. I don't know what's waiting for me over there, God. The Holy Spirit and the anointing in your life does. You just need to step out in faith. You step out in your anointing. I mean, God's got it taken care of. The anointing in you is there for a reason and for a purpose, and you need to learn how to operate in the anointing. And he's there to do and work in that in you. I invite Jesus Jesus to sacrifice. That's always good. Have Jesus wherever you go. But then invite Jesse to the sacrifice, and I'll show you what to do. The Holy Spirit will reveal it to you. You shall anoint for me the one I named to you. So Samuel did what the Lord said and went to Bethlehem and the elders of the town trembled at his coming and said, do you come peacefully? Because back in that day, when the prophet of God came, most of the time, it wasn't good news. You've been in sin and from heaven, fire is gonna rain down. I was <laughs> like, so are you here for, oh, I could see him like, it's Samuel down the road. Oh my gosh, what did you do? I don't know, what did you do? It doesn't matter, let's repent, forgive us, God. <laughs> the prophet's coming, the prophet's coming. And all of a sudden God sends him there and he says, yeah, we're here for good, but I had to go to Bethlehem. That's fascinating to me. Because here's Samuel, he's leaving the old that's been rejected, the world. And now he's going to Bethlehem. God says, there's, there's a family there and one of the sons. You don't know yet, but the anointing's gonna show you. I want you to anoint him. And I got to thinking about that. There's nothing accidental in the scripture and Bethlehem's pretty important and significant because we know Bethlehem, right? Bethlehem is where Jesus was born. Bethlehem was where Jesus Christ, you know what Christ means? Christ means the anointed one. Jesus is gonna be born in Bethlehem. In fact, the scripture says out of Bethlehem, a branch or a shoot will come up out of the house of David. Speaking of Jesus coming one day. So isn't it interesting to me that, or it's interesting to me that all of a sudden, God is telling Samuel you need to take a hornful of oil which represents the spirit of God the anointing oil and you need to go anoint the one I will show you which will be David but the one I will show you is going to be born is is going to be anointed in Bethlehem and in Bethlehem is when the where the anointed one will come and can I tell you when you get out of that place and you reject what God has rejected and you step out in faith and step into the anointing God has on your life he's going to anoint your downline he's going to anoint everybody to come after you I don't know how many, I should have looked it up. I don't know how many generations it was until Jesus, but here's what I do know. It started with David stepping into the anointing and being anointed of God. And I wanna say this, the anointing's not just for you. In fact, it's more so for the people around you. And I wanna say this to you, mom and dad, you need to reject what God has rejected and step into that place where God anoints you because that anointing will bless your children, your children's children, your children's children's children, all down your line and whoever is to come. You have no idea who's to come but God does and he's got an anointing for him and you might just be the person that releases that into your heritage you may not have come from that above you but you can start it I'm blessed that I have a great heritage of anointing so I'm up here today partly because I'm, I'm stepping into the anointing that my dad released when he stepped into the anointing in his life that's what we can do we need to set up the next generation with the anointing of God Hey, you know what? Yeah, I'm gonna make sure I got money in the bank. I'm gonna give my kids an inheritance. That's biblical. I'm gonna leave them a good name. I'm thankful for that. Good names to be treasured more than gold. But you know, one of the greatest things you can do for your kid is release the anointing in your life that will flow down to them. One of the best things you could do. We had to go to Bethlehem because Jesus was gonna be born in Bethlehem and David had to be, his house had to be anointed. He had to leave the things of the world, Saul's house to be David's house where the anointing could flow down to his heritage and this lineage. So you have no idea the power of the anointing in your life, what you'll release when you step into that moment. It's not just for you, it's for everyone around you, but it's for your kids and your grandkids. And I have a grandson now and I pray of the anointing over his life. I pray that he sleeps at night. I pray, I pray that he doesn't cry when I hold him. That's all right. And I had him with me yesterday as we watched my beloved longhorns. So i training him up in the way he should go. <laughs> the, the every, everything I, I didn't pray enough anointing on the longhorns apparently, but nonetheless, it's the anointing, it's the anointing. Fill your horn with oil. Fill up with the spirit and presence of God. It's the anointing in your life. Let's keep going. I am gotta watch my time here. And peaceably, I've come to sacrifice to the Lord. Sanctify yourselves. Come with me to the sacrifice. And he consecrated Jesse and his sons and invited them there. So when, it came, uh, when they came, he looked at Eliab and said, surely the Lord's anointed is before me. Don't go by what you see. This is not about looks or talent or ability. You know what's happening right here? Oh, let me finish. It. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not look at his appearance or his physical stature because I've refused him. For the Lord does not see him as a man sees. For a man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart of him. You know what Eliab, you know who Eliab looked like? Eliab was tall and handsome. He was a, he was a soldier. He, he, he looked like a warrior. And no, 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 you know what he looked like? He looked like a king. You know, what he, you know who he looked like? He looked like Saul. But I wanna to say to you today that you need to fill your horn with oil and walk in the anointing because God is not looking to anoint the same. He's looking to anoint the new. He's looking to anoint not next, but new. God's not looking to anoint what you've been doing. He's looking to anoint what you should be doing or will be doing. God's not looking to anoint what you've done. He's looking at what he has for you to do. And there's anointing for a new because God says, look, I'm doing a new thing. Do you not perceive it? God is into the new thing. God has a new anointing. And he'll even take the old and make it new, amen, aren't you glad for that? God has an anointing for the new. I believe we find ourselves in a new season. When we just saw the, and we, we need to take time and, and be thankful every year uh, and, and be reminded of what uh, the country we live in and the people that give their lives when the 911, everything changed after 9/11. Then all of a sudden, we were all up, and now we have this pandemic that we've experienced and, Everything changed the pandemic. And so I wanted to say this, don't go back and wish it was the way it was, right? Let go, reject what God's rejected. I wish it was like it would have been before 9-11. I wish it was like it would have been before the pandemic. No, you want something new. God has new anointing, a new season for you. God loves to do the new in your life. So the anointing oil knew the new. (laughs) Can I tell you that? It new the new, the anointing knows the new. I wanna encourage you today. God's doing a new thing. Get a new anointing for your life. Get a new anointing, if you will, for your family. Get a new anointing for your old marriage. Get a new anointing for your old family. And I don't, I don't mean that age-wise. You understand? Get a new anointing. Reject what was and embrace what is to come. See, here's the thing. We need to reject what God rejects, and we need to accept what He selects. Amen. So, here's what I say about that. Because here's Samuel. He's like, "Okay, I got to go down, and the anointing's going to show me who it is." I get all that, but I'm still torn here because what do I do with the old when I'm supposed to be in the new? And and the reality is that Saul sat on the Saul sat on the, king of, the throne of the king for years. It, it was a while before he died in battle. But all along the way, David was just growing in that anointing, growing in that anointing. See, because what happened is in Saul, when, when God rejected Saul because of the, not, not rejected him, but Saul's ways, the anointing was lifted. For you and I, we have the anointing living inside of us. That's New Testament to Old Testament. You get that, right? And so all of a sudden now, the anointing lifted. And so what David, and so all of a sudden now, then Saul is tormented by these spirits. And so the ones around him say, you know what, we need to get a harpist in here. Well, I don't know a harpist. You know a harpist? Yeah, there's this kid out in the field, not knowing that David was already anointed king. There's this kid out in the field and he plays the harp and he's supposed to be pretty good. And it wasn't that he was pretty good. It was that he was anointed So the anointing on David's life made room for him in the palace because he needed to see how a palace operates before he ever stepped into that moment. And then uh, years down the road, all of a sudden the the Philistine army is against the army of God and they're tormenting and taunting him. and, And the army of God is afraid, or Israel rather is afraid of the Philistine army until David shows up and gets a rock out of the stream and with a slingshot kills him. You know, it wasn't because he was an expert marksman. It was because he was anointed, David stepped into that moment of anointing as he's growing, as he's, he felt the anointing as he was growing and he operated it and put him in the palace and that put him in front of an army where he killed the champion. And now all of a sudden he becomes the head of the army. He needed to be the head of the army because he needed to be a warrior king. How is he going to get there? The anointing. He's not king yet, but he's been in the palace and now he's been in the army until that time comes to be king. And so... David had stepped into this anointing and God has anointed you for something amazing. But you're anointed for the journey. You're anointed for the journey. David needed that anointing. Whatever God has for you into your future. You can walk in the anointing of that right now and you grow in that and you grow in that anointing and you operate in it and you exercise your faith and you embrace a person presence and power of the Holy Spirit and that anointing increases in your life as it leads you and guides you to that place God has for you. Because here's the struggle for a lot of us. We find ourselves in between what was and what is to come and we don't know what to do there because all of a sudden Samuel's looking at, I, I, I know that Saul was king, but he's still on the throne and I'm supposed to anoint David to be king. Uh, what do you do when, when you're supposed to anoint your future but your past is still looking at you? You're torn in this place and it's like, I, I know I, my past, I need to reject my past and anoint my future but it's not that easy. I keep, I keep getting pulled there. Fill your horn with oil. Fill your horn with oil. What does he say? He's, he's God, are you telling me to anoint my future while I'm still in the past? Absolutely. You don't wait till things line up. You're anointed to live it right now. And you step into that anointing and it grows. Anoint your future even though you're stuck in the past. You mean I'm supposed to call things that be not as though they are? Yes. You mean I'm supposed to step into my healing even though my back hurts? Yes. You mean even though I am weak yet I'm supposed to say I'm strong? Yes. Even though I'm poor I'm supposed to say I'm rich? Yes, because you're anointed. The anointing makes a difference. And you may feel, you may feel like the king of your flesh is still seated on the throne, but you need to anoint your future and walk in it. God has an amazing future for you, but you know what you need? A horn full of oil. Fill your horn with oil, because you'll need it. And if there ever was a day that God's people needed their horns full of oil, it's today. Don't just get a little drop. Don't just get it a little wet and it around on the inside. Don't just halfway, I'm good. Get it till it overflows. <laughs> Fill me up, Lord. Fill me up, Lord. You know why you need a full horn of oil? So you can reject the past and anoint your future. You know why you need a full horn of oil? Because you never know when the school your kids are in goes on lockdown. You want to know why you need a full horn of oil? Because you don't know when your teenager's out at one o'clock in the morning, what's going on. You want, you don't know why you need a full, full horn of oil? Because you don't know that whatever that is that you're feeling in your body, how bad it could be. You don't know and you just might get laid off from that job. You don't know, but God does and the anointing is there to help you in those moments. The strength and the power and presence of the Holy Spirit when you don't know what to say, you don't know what to do, you don't know where to go, He does. We need full horns on what? So two things I felt in my heart and my spirit to do at this point. One is first thing we need to do is give everybody an opportunity to be anointed, meaning receive Jesus as Savior and Lord. That's where it begins and then after that, this next thing that we need to do is take a moment and just spend just spend a moment just asking God to fill me up. We need to leave this place oily. <laughs> we need an oily church. We need oily singers. We need oily preachers. We need oily teachers. We need oily first responders. We need oily students. We need oily businessmen, oily businesswomen. We need full horns of oil. That's what we need. Thanks again for joining us this week. We pray that this message encouraged and inspired you. If you want to find out how you can be a part of Tree of Life, just go to our website, treeoflifechurch.org. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and share it with a friend.